You have arms? I have arms and legs. You have arms and legs? Free. I'm like oh a potato head. Gosh. You can get taken apart and reassembled. Yep. yep. No, it's That's why you have more. These are my angry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pack your angry eyes. <laughs> Prepare to meet Mr. Angry Eyes. <laughs> You welcome back. We are here. Amy's been gone in Disney. Really, I was only gone for a week. Yeah, you were, but it felt like forever. Forever, it yeah. did. Yeah, it 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 be like that. I'm sorry. It be like that. It be like that. Did you have fun? I had a great time. It's good. It was nice being with family. Good. Yeah, it's weird being back here, like what? recording. Oh yeah. We haven't done it for like two weeks. Have we not? Oh, we haven't. That's weird. Yeah. So it's like weird to get back into that routine. Mm-hmm. And like chit I know. Especially since we're on like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> which we're recording <laughs> so late. <laughs> we'll get way back into it <laughs> as of Friday. Yeah, we have oh, to, Saturday. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I said Saturday because I was like, well, it gives us an extra day of research. Yeah. And you having to do everything. Yeah. Because Amy does everything. No, I don't. She does. I've been, I literally haven't done hardly anything for the last two weeks. You know, you've been having the time of your life, so. You've been holding down the fort. I will say that. You've been doing it all. No. It's good. We hate compliments. I I answered some emails. It's cool. Yeah, that was good. It's good. It's good. Um, Open your present. Oh, okay. Amy got me. Oh, Yes, I don't have it in here. It's downstairs still, I think. No, it's in here. What's in here? The doll. <laughs> Brie surprised me with the doll. <laughs> it's baby Annabelle. It's a baby Annabelle. It's a baby uh, Raggedy Ann. <sighs> She's so. sweet. She's She came from a place. I asked on Facebook Market. I know I always say don't buy used things. <laughs> I, so as I was doing it, Josh, it to me. Josh even told me, he's like, what do you always, don't you, don't, aren't you the one who says not to buy used things? It's like, <laughs> um, I'm just going to ask if it's haunted. <laughs> and the lady was like so weirded out. And she was like, um, only good energy here. And I was like, okay. She's like, it goes towards my college. And I was like, okay. Okay. But good energy and haunted are not the same thing. It could be a. You're right. Ghost. It's not the same. Well, it, if it is a friendly ghost, then someone can take Hank's place because we've been dying for another one. So. <laughs> dying. Dying. <laughs> if it's haunted, we'll put it outside for the moose. There we go. We need to name it. Amy brought me a present. Here, Leon. From, oh, so the bag is actually a grocery bag, not a grocery bag, but like a, you buy a bag and then they give you... Like, you buy something, and they put it in a bag, and then you take it along with you. Like a grocery bag. Oh, yeah. And that, it's from Gideon's, which is which is a bakery. Oh. In Disney Springs. Oh. But it, look at the bag. It's like, has, it's like Ouija and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to save this. Yeah. How fun. Fortune has 
smiled upon you, lucky holder of this mystical pouch. Is that cool? It's a mystical pouch. All right, what do we got here? I'm gonna, yep, I'm gonna put this right there. Yeah, you're fine. What is this? Here lies good old Fred. A great big rock fell on his head. <laughs> Dear departed brother Dave, he chased a bear into the cave. Oh, this is from Haunted Mansion. We just watched this last week. Yeah, it's a uh, <gasps> salt I pepper shakers. Love... No stinking way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. <sighs> Do you think it's appropriate to have these out now and not 100%. Halloween? All right. I almost saved them for myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't really use this right now, but eventually you will be able to. Is it a extra small bikini? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you believe in me. I have full faith. Oh! <laughs> oh! It's wine bottle stoppers for the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yeah. You're, I, I'm way too loud. Oh, my God. I love it. <gasps> oh, now I want wine. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I don't remember what you told me to get you. Uh, I A Mickey Mouse ice cream. That's not what it was. No? No. I couldn't remember. Oh, so. something with my name on it. That's what it was. I really do that anymore. Uh, only because it's really hard to find something with my name on it, well, and I thought it would be funny. I'm glad because I Because I figured you wouldn't be able to, and that was my way of being like, don't give me anything. Too bad. I always get everybody everything. You didn't have to give me anything. Thank I you. I stopped getting Rick stuff, though. That's okay. He's a party pooper about Disney. Yeah. So I brought him a cookie from Gideon's. There so. you go. A mystical pouch cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Were they good? I didn't, I didn't try. Oh, you don't like cookies. You're such a weirdo. I know. And, I, and they're like super famous. And I was just like, nah, I don't feel like it. It's like overrated probably. There was a longest line just to get into the bakery. Sounds like that place Crumble that everybody's making the big deal about. You know what I'm talking about? No. They're like this big cookie company with like all these different like flavors. They'll like... They come out with, like, n new flavors, like, every week or every month or something. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. They're ex overly priced. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that cookie, I, it was, like, this big, and it was, like, 15 bucks. And I was, like, <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I told Rick, he was, like, you should have gotten it for me. And I was, like, well. Well, there you go. I was yeah. thinking of you. Yeah, you're welcome. Eat it. He didn't even know, like, if you're a Disney fan, you know of Gideon's. But he was just, like, cool. The place was super cool. I've never heard of them. Me either. I've only been to Disney twice, though. Oh. Yeah, that's... And I lived in Florida for however long. And we talk about moving back, moving to the Panhandle and getting season passes. Yeah, I really would like to. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think we're going to go whenever, for Charlotte's seventh birthday, Natalie's fifth. Yep. So I think we're going to go somewhere in between there. Yeah. I think that'd, that'd be a good time. Just, that's perfect. We waited till Alice was five. To oh, wait, they can ride more rides. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to tell a neighborhood story? Yeah, I do. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. This wait, wait, wait. 
yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Just, just had to mentally prepare myself. I have a dead arm for some reason. A dead arm? Yeah. It, like, <laughs> feels like someone, like, gave me a knuckle sandwich right there. Maybe you're low on electrolytes. It might be that or from gaming. Oh, <laughs> or that. My arm is like... <laughs> so, this is from the Neighborhood app. Or next door. Oh, we got a new Patreon. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do, we need to do something for, oh, we dedicate it, don't we? Yeah, this episode is dedicated to Dusty. Our new Patreon donor. Our pa- new Patreon donor. Thank you, Dusty. Thanks for, thanks for believing in us. Yeah. Yeah. And on the donor bus, she's on mm, the donor bus. She's donating her donations. <laughs> Wow. All right. Okay. This is from next door. The Mighty Mini Commode was the title. All right. I have a question. I recently moved in and have one complaint. That complaint is that Mighty is the Mighty Mini Commode that is in the apartment. Does anyone else have these in their apartment? It's like a child-sized toilet. (laughs) (laughs) I can see how one could have real issues with this i was just curious if others have had this or if johnny the contractor was drunk when (laughs) installing this one either way going to call the office about it today and then the comments oh god that's crazy and then another one i work for apartments never seen one send pics another one show picture of what it looks like lived in many apartments never had one another one i want to see it and another one, Debbie and we just met. Debbie and I just met. Nothing like meeting women and showing a toilet, installing instant hit, <laughs> LOL. And then the original person said, hard to tell from picture, but here you go. I feel violated showing my toilet. And then he showed took a picture of the toilet and it's like a, a oh. <laughs> or whatever for size. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so tiny. It's so tiny. <gasps> it looks like it's Charlotte's like... potty train potty. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so mad. But didn't you do like a walk through? You have like serious <laughs> knee problems getting down to go poop. Have you ever like gone to a, a preschool and they have yes. tiny toilets? And you, you're like sitting down and then you're like scared you're going to fall and you're like, oh, it's lower than I thought it was. Your knees are like up to your boobs. <laughs> you're like, this is great. <laughs> oh, you're going to clog the toilet at any moment. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, that's from next Tiny, time. tiny commodes. Tiny commodes. I hope he got that fixed. Yes. That sounds miserable. Oh, it was a dude, especially if it's a dude, because yeah. they sit on the toilet for a long time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amy, did you know that for the first time in history of the internet that the web has become listenable? Yes. Check out Newsly. It's an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any moment. And then it reads them to you in natural human voice, which is important to me. And they also have podcasts here. You can explore podcasts from over 40 countries. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me. From here, use promo code 
N-E number one G-H-B zero U-R-S and get one month for a free trial. This information will be posted on our social medias at WWTN podcast. Stop scrolling and start listening. You want to tell your story? Uh, uh, yes. Right? Yes. Um, If that's okay. Absolutely. So I have a story that's a little bit heavy and a little crazy all at the same time um what i found it was super super long um so i'm I'm actually gonna do two parts (gasps) you are doing two parts for rizzle i'm doing this part one is this week and next week will be part two oh my gosh yay our first two part episode our first two parties so this is the story on the uh the original story about the exorcist (laughs) I love when your face does that. It's great. Um, so this is the, what the inspiration for The Exorcist was about. Why did I think that it was something else? I'm so mad. Are you mad that I'm doing a, yes. a possession story? I'm fine. Just take a deep breath. It's not as bad as the other possession story that I did. Okay. It's not as bad. Um, okay. it, there's just It's just really in depth. So... I'm I'm really excited. I'm happy that you're doing this. I'm <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You're fine. Um, so it was kind of, I mean, you'd think that this story would be like really easy to get information out of since there was a movie made right. by, about it. But the guy has been basically like an alias and in hiding uh, since the last, since two years ago oh. when he died. Um, well, yeah. I and he went. He, I bet he was in hiding after. Yeah, he, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> his name was finally revealed like two years ago oh. or like a, it may have been even a year ago so he was in hiding until up until he yeah he didn't talk her. about it he didn't want anybody to know about it it wasn't something he was proud of and just wanted to leave it behind oh, that's um sad. yeah it sucks um but his he went by the name of this character was known by roll uh roland doe or um, Robbie Manaheim. So that was what you would look up a couple years ago, I guess. Okay. Um, so I was looking everywhere for information. And I every everywhere I looked was super short. There wasn't much information. And, it, and none of the sites like matched. But then I came across a Bishop's uh, Father Bishop Diary. And he was involved in it. And... It should be the correct thing. It should actually be his diary because I had seen like a preview for um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing a show about the whole story. And I saw a preview for it about um, how they got all this information because one of the priests left diary behind in hospital. And so that's how this information is out, I guess. So, So it's pretty cool. Um, so whether or not if it's accurate, don't dog on me. This okay. is what I found online. But this is what you found. This is what I found. Um, I'm so excited. I am too. So his real name is, uh, Roland Edward Hunkler, uh, or better known, like I said, as alias is Ro- Roland Doe or Robbie Manheim. I just like Roland Doe. Like hey, Roland Doe. Roland Doe. He was probably called Roland Doe cause like Jane Doe, like oh. unidentified. I don't know. Um, maybe. So, like I said, he was the inspiration for the movie The Exorcist. He was born on June 1st, 1935, 
and he was an only child brought up in a Lutheran uh, home in Cottage City, Maryland. Pretty normal. So that was here. That was, I was thinking that it like, No, it's in overseas. the U.S., yeah. Wow. Yeah. So around January 15th of 1949, while his parents were visiting some family, he and his grandmother were staying at the house, mm-hmm. um, and they began to notice a dripping noise coming from his grandmother's bedroom. So as the dripping noises continued, they witnessed a picture of Christ's shake on the wall as if someone had, like, bumped the wall. Who's Christ's shake? Christ. Christ, like Jesus. Oh, I thought you said Christ shake. Christ shake. <laughs> That's exactly what you Christ said. shake. You're right. I did. I did. <laughs> I kind of jumbled the words together. <laughs> he saw a picture, oh, a of, picture of Christ shake. Yes. He saw a picture of Jesus shake on the wall. He put Christ in it. And I was like, I don't know if I should put Jesus or Christ or Jesus Christ. Or I'm just, I'm just going to put what he wrote down. <laughs> I thought too much about it. And now Christ shake. <laughs> and is... now we have Christ shake so way to go it's like a malt milkshake so (laughs) (laughs) wow uh (laughs) so his parents uh returned home and they even started to hear um scratching and a scratching sore sound inside the floorboards and also it was near the grandmother's bedroom So they heard the scratching every night around 7 p.m until midnight every night uh, they didn't think anything of it. They just suspect suspected it was some kind of rodent or pest, which, I mean, if it's that in my house, I'd be doing something about it. Just right. saying. He like, would... bomb it. Seriously. Call call someone. It was 1949, so maybe. I don't know. It was normal? I don't... I don't know. You kind of handled that thing yourself then, probably. Yes. So the sound continued and was more prominent when people would walk around on the floor. And this went on for 10 days and then suddenly stopped. Interesting. However, Roland believed that he still heard it. And three days later, everyone else started hearing it again. What the heck? But this time, it wasn't around the grandmother's room. It was around Roland's room. So it was the sound was now around Roland's bedroom. And his parents finally were like, all right, we got to figure something out. Right. So his parents... Uh, seek the or found the help of two Lutheran ministers who invited... Okay, this was really weird for me. They invited Roland to sleep over at their homes, especially with, like, the whole, like, rep that they get. Like, it's just weird that they invited a boy to come. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it said that they slept in the same bed together, but that's fine. We're just going to... Give me on past skim that. Skim over it. Um, So they wanted to see if this was legit, if things were actually happening and that that night they actually heard clawing sounds no um the minister prayed while roland was tied to a chair and it tipped over yeah i don't know i don't know why uh they suggested they consult with a psychiatrist who didn't believe roland of course um saying that the boy was not quite normal and then another doctor gave him a complete physical and found him completely healthy so nothing unusual that they found but other than he was not quite normal right and he's hearing sounds and he was and the whole family is hearing sounds right like I wonder if they heard sounds the day when he stayed the night at... Yeah, they heard clawing so- clawing noises. The night he was not at the house? Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. Probably not. That would be interesting to find out. I don't know. Prob- I would imagine probably Come not. Ask them. I'm going to call them. 
Uh, so at the home, at Roland's home, um, it was described. Where am I at? Okay. At home, Roland described the noise of squeaking shoes around his bed and he would while he would try to go to sleep at night. Oh my gosh. And for six nights this went on until the scratching noises started again. No. And one evening, Roland, his mother, and his grandmother laid on his bed and heard something coming toward them in like a marching rhythm. Okay. Like stomp, stomp, no. stomp. Um and it would travel back and forth along the length of the bed. No. No, thank you. So, a little backstory. Okay. Roland had an Aunt Tilly. What is she, that? Aunt, Aunt Tilly. Sorry. Oh, an, okay. Sorry, I said Aunt. Um, Roland had an Aunt Tilly, and he was really close with her. Okay. She had just passed, like, oh. a week or a couple weeks ago. Okay. And a few weeks after she had just passed, um, the thing started happening. Many sources say that she was a spiritualist and she taught him lots of things like how to use a Ouija board. I I didn't see, I haven't come across that part yet. I'm still doing the rest of it. I haven't come across that part yet. So I, I don't know how true that is, but, but that's where all, a lot of the other sources said that. Okay. So, um, so back to the fun. Uh, so with these strange occurrences, the mother asked, is this you, Aunt Tilly? She continued to ask this question, but heard no reply until she said, if you are Tilly, knock three times. So then waves of air hit them all and three knocks followed onto the floor. <gasps> to confirm this, the mother said, if you are positively Tilly, knock four times. Then four knocks were heard. Oh my god, I'm getting shivers. <laughs> I don't like it. Immediately after, there were claw scratches on the mattress, to which they ignored. Okay, we're just going to ignore just that. Fine. It's fine. not big deal, guys. So the entire mattress, then the, the, then the entire mattress began to vibrate violently. Uh, so at some point after this event, uh, the bedspread was pulled. This isn't the same night. The bedspread was pulled. Why can I not talk? So at some point after this happened, not the same night, um, the bedspread was pulled out from underneath the mattress and the edges would like stand up. Oh. Like above the surfaces, like they were like corn starched or whatever. Ew. Um, and uh, when the mattress, when the comforter was touched again, they would go flat. What the heck? Yeah. And also the match, the clawing on the mattress continued too. So, so just, they just like just look the other way. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's normal. It's just Aunt Tilly. It's not big it's, deal. It's fine. She's just playing a game. She's just in a silly it's goofy mood. Silly. Um, silly Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on February 26, 1949, Roland was Roland was doubling over in pain, finding finding scratches on his body for four nights. And oh after gosh. the fourth night, they began to see words forming. Now on his body. Yep. With the scratches. Uh, now I know what you're thinking. Friends, when was the last time you had your photos done professionally of your family, children, or pets? Red Photography is an expert in capturing special moments and turning them into lifelong memories. We use Red Photography for every special moment and won't go anywhere else. Red Photography also offers a photo booth for weddings, graduations, 
or any special event. We get nothing but compliments anytime anyone sees any of the prints that had done with her. She definitely has a talent that not many photographers can offer. And we've even had the opportunity of using her photo booth at a convention. And the photos were amazing. And she provides the props and everything for it. Check out Red Photography today at redphotographyak.com. That is R-E-D-P-H-O-T-O. G-R-A-P-H-Y-A-K dot com. He's probably doing this himself. Yeah, he's just scratching himself. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How old was he? Uh, was he 14? I think he was 14. Yeah, he's just doing it himself. There were a lot of the one, there were a lot of deep scratches on his back. So, and he was very well supervised by his mom because, I mean, she was worried, she was about, worried him. about him. So he couldn't have been doing it. Right. Um, so since everything seemed centered around Roland, his mother felt it was best to take him out of the home and stay with some family in St. Louis, Missouri. To further confirm this, the word Louis was scratched into Roland's ribs in deep red. Oh my gosh. While busy figuring out details on the departure, the word Saturday was then written on his hip. I know it sounds crazy. Um, then three and a half weeks. That's such a long word. Yeah. And then three and a half weeks written on his chest at, and at school, a desk moved along the floor, like a, like a planchette on a Ouija board and poor Roland was too embarrassed to return to school. So they were, they were trying to figure out if he should return or not. And so the word no was carved into his wrists. Then every meal was planned on his thighs. Sunday Sunday was breakfast for dinner. Monday was spaghetti. I can't forget Taco Tuesday. Are you joking? Yeah. (laughs) Talking about an assistant. (laughs) Yep, I wrote that in there. (laughs) Because as I was reading this, I'm like, no way. That's wild. That is so crazy. (laughs) Everything up to the meals was in there. (laughs) She's like... They're like, dang it, Roland! I didn't want tacos for uh, spaghetti again. Again, I just had that last week. Come on, Roland! <laughs> He's like, I don't make the choices. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, thank you. Uh, so some things that they did that was suggested by a uh, Father Hughes, which who was a Catholic priest in the area. Um. Uh, he suggested using blessed candles, holy water, and prayer. So Roland's mother sprinkled all the rooms with holy water, and after setting the bottle on a shelf, it flew across the room. But it didn't break. Oh, that's weird. so weird. Um, when she held the lit candle along his bed, the mattress with them on it began to move back and forth, like sway back and forth. I uh, don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. Tony's going to be heavy. Um, some other things that, uh, other random manifestations that happened were um, an orange and a pear flew across the entire room where Roland was standing. <gasps> Milk and food were thrown off the table and stove. Uh, the breadboard was thrown on the floor outside the kitchen. A Outside the kitchen, a coat on its hanger flew across the room. A, fl- a comb flew violently through the air and blew out blessed candles. Oh, my god! A Bible was thrown at the feet of Roland but didn't hurt him. What? While the family was visiting a friend in Maryland, a rocker that Roland was seated in spun completely around it by itself. That, one, that one weirded me out. That <laughs> poor kid. Yeah. 
So, we're in St. Louis now. Okay. While in St. Louis, the manifestations continued. A cousin of the family was attending St. Louis University and put the family in touch with a Father Walter H. Holleran and Father William Bowdern, who agreed to visit with Roland. And in March, they marched that year. They came um, many times. Okay. So... He's getting the help that he needs. Yeah. They were just trying to assess it and see what was going on, see if it was real. This poor boy. So throughout this time, they witnessed Roland's scratched body and the mattress moving. Um, They saw objects, furniture, mysteriously move, and noticed that he would react violently towards any holy relics. The priests noticed a pattern with Roland's behavior. During the day, everything was calm, and at night, he would act as if he was in some kind of trance. Oh, that's so weird. He would have wild outbursts and scream in a voice that wasn't his own. So all this, definitely something's going on. So they got permission um, to perform exorcism, to perform an exorcism with the assistance of some other priests and just other people involved. Right. Um, so Father Holleran, Father Bowdern, Father Bishop, which is supposedly the person who wrote all this. Okay. And Pastor S.J. came to Roland's um, help. So this is day one of the exorcism. Day one? Day one. Yeah, we haven't even started yet. So I told you it was a long one. Yeah. This is only eight pages. I cut it down a lot. So. Oh, my. No. Oh, my god. <laughs> I know. This poor guy. Um, so March 16th, day one, that night around 1030, Roland was sent to bed and the priest followed doing the acts of faith, hope, love, and contrition together, preparing for what was to come. Uh, next day began the exorcism on the first parasipo, which is like a command. Okay. It's like a Latin word for command. There's a lot of Latin words in it. And I had to figure out stuff. <laughs> I had to research. <laughs> um, and Three once once they performed the first Persipo command, uh, three large parallel lines were scratched onto his stomach, and then continuing throughout the next prayers: his legs, thighs, back, chest, face, and throat. Oh my God! The most notable marks made on Roland's body were the picture of a devil on his right leg no. and the word hell on his chest upside down. So when Roland looked down, he could <gasps> read it. Oh baby! I know. Also carved into into Roland whether the letters G O go and a third pointed away from the crotch, which may have been an indication of whatever was in him would leave by urination or excrement. Um, ew. So I, ew. <laughs> <laughs> ew. Uh, I mean, you see the exorcists; they throw up everything. That's true. So when the question of how many demons arose, uh, how many demons um, were in him, a single line was scratched onto Roland's right leg. So just one. Yes, I, that's what it seems like. Okay. Uh, there were also four X's that can indicate that there was like X's Roman numeral for ten that oh. it would the exorcism would take ten days to get rid of it. So. I have. How, how did he get? possessed how does anybody get possessed i don't know i just i'm just it just gonna happens say, no don't say that 
It's because he did the Ouija board with his aunt. That's. I mean, that's if he did. I think that I think that could be. I think that's a good yeah. reason why too. Uh, so once he calmed down and fell asleep, they continued and started the prayers to St. Michael. Roland became violent, striking the headboard and punching his pillows with an unusual force. Same. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 Dang it. Uh, he also spoke of all the manifestations that had been happening since the very beginning with like the dripping. Um, but it wasn't Roland speaking. And oh. he was basically, like, sleeping while he was talking. Like, with a different voice. Yeah. yeah. Holy water was then sprinkled onto him, bringing him out of this trance, and they asked what he remembered or saw. He recalled fighting a huge red devil wh- who felt slimy and was very powerful. Aww. He said the devil was trying to prevent him from getting through the iron gates at the top of the pit, which was about 200 feet deep and very hot. He felt he was strong enough to fight him off and that there were several other smaller ones. So when the exorcism continued, Roland fell back into that tantrum state and he would repeat fighting with the devil trying to keep him in the pit. Oh so, my god! Kids like fighting. I'm almost done. I have like two more pages left. So do you need a break? No, I'm fine. Okay. I just got poor. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> Okay, so during these states, Roland had to be held down by two men. Um, He was in the bed, and he would threaten, curse, spit, and hit during this. Oh, my gosh. During his fits, he was able to be brought back by putting holy water on him, so he was in and out of it for brief brief periods of time. Uh, By the end, it was almost 5 a.m., and Roland was exhausted and weak, and so weak that he had a hard time staying awake or sitting up. Oh, my gosh. He complained of intense heat, and in the last phase, while sleeping, he sang in a high-pitched voice that was not his own. He sang songs like Swanee and Old Man River. They were very jumbled-up versions, and he did, like, dancing and, like, arm gestures with them. Oh. Side note, he did not even know these songs. They're... Oh. Did not even know these. Nope. I don't either. <laughs> After it was finished, he slept until the afternoon, having a normal evening, 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 even participating in a game of Monopoly with the family. Oh, nice. From here on out, the following nights were all similar. Um, with Roland's fits, he would spit, shout, bite, sing, jump, swing his fist, and the bed would shake. I don't know how that family can be playing Monopoly. Right. Well. Hey, let's go play a game of Monopoly. You up for that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just fighting demons, uh, but it's fine. I got Park Place. Roland, please don't. I'm sorry. Roland, I'm sorry. don't. Don't. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so he one blames <laughs> his outrage on me. So, I'd be so scared. I know. Um, so one night, he went through a motion where he wasn't awake, but his gestures, suge- his gestures suggested that he was picking something up. Um, he had asked that someone open the window and followed with he's going, going, and finally, there he goes. Then his body fell limp. <gasps> he later said he saw a huge dark cloud of black vapor in front of him. A figure a figure in black robes walk away from the cloud. He seemed as if he was rid of it. That same night around 2 p.m. once they left, Roland felt strange sensations in his stomach and yelled out, he's coming back, he's coming back. No. And unfortunately, no progress No progress was made. So uh, we're going to jump to day four. Okay. Um, this March is only 19th. day four. 
So uh, that's why I say I'm skipping days. So tonight, um, when the exorcism began, Roland would bark and bite like a dog, along with shouting vulgar and violent things such as, get away from me, you assholes, go to hell, you dirty sons of bitches. Oh my gosh. God darn you, sons of bitches. Also, he, he said all those awful words, and yeah. then he said, God darn you. <laughs> Also, another thing worth mentioning was that he continued to sing songs. Um, what the, the the guy wrote in his diary was that it was of a professional ability. So, like, he sounded, like, really good. And, like, and then he said, even though his family says he can't sing. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> um, I mean. <laughs> his family says he's not a good singer. So, <laughs> this is obviously this... not him. <laughs> So we're going to day six now. Okay. The family was, by this point, the family was so exhausted, they thought it would be best for Roland and themselves to have a physician treat him for the night. Which, I mean, some right. people may say that's selfish, but, like, nobody's getting any sleep. Right. And someone needs to get some sleep, at least. Right. Well, and I'm guessing he's not eating or anything like that. He was, though. Like, because oh, he would he come out eating. of it during the day. He was, oh, he was pretty right. good during that's the right. day. Okay, but no one's sleeping. Yeah. He night. was, yeah. the last exorcism case I did was rough, but this one is nothing compared to that okay. one. Um, so, that he was treat, he was placed in the Alexian Brothers Medical Center away from other patients, obviously, so he wouldn't right. disturb anyone. And the group of priests came in to do the rosary with him. And afterwards, the father stayed to pray until he fell asleep. So good. The dad was really sweet. He, like, stayed with him all the time with him for everything. So day eight, Father Bowdern arranged for Roland and his father to stay at the college church rectory. During the first night while performing an exorcism, uh, Roland fought hard, kicking and spitting, oh having to be held down by three men. During this, he ended up breaking Father Halloran's nose. Oh my gosh! And caused Father Rue's nose to bleed. So, Ugh. poor people. That's, they're they're just trying yeah. everything. Wow. At least they're not giving up on him. I know. Uh, all this was while his eyes were shut too, so he had some damn good aim. He then urinated on himself and complained of bur- a burning sensation, and this repeated about four or five times. Uh, ugh, this part's pretty vulgar. There Did was, he have a UTI? I mean, maybe if he <laughs> went to the bathroom on himself how many times. Okay, so he, in it, I cut out a lot of the really bad stuff that he says because uh-huh. he says a lot of really dirty things. Oh, sure. But I'm going to say this part because okay. it was a little funny. So... So if you don't want to hear, skip. Like yep, skip 15 seconds. seconds. 15 seconds. Yeah. Okay. So, again, very vulgar. So he shook his penis and said, a beautiful pecker, a willy dilly pilly. <laughs> and I'm going to stop there. So that's all. <laughs> there. It, it went way further. If you want to figure it out, go look it up. <laughs> because it's some nasty stuff. <laughs> okay. So day 10, March 25th. While at the rectory, Roland was restless, couldn't sleep. I wouldn't be able to sleep either. The priest prayed outside his door, and for brief periods of time, Roland fell into some tossing and turning sleep, but didn't get any real rest. Right. At one point, he fell out of bed, unharmed, got up, and walked into the arms of Father Bowdern and Van Roo. 
Right before midnight, he laid prone on his back with his arm stiff to his side. He began a leg and arm movement. It said it was some kind of exercise. I don't know. I'm picturing like swimming. Yeah, I know. That's what I, yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, after midnight, he cursed and spit at his father, at his father, then kicked at the priest at his bedside and finally fell into a deep sleep around 1 a.m. Oh. On that Friday night, the 10th night, uh, since the exorcism began, roll, and you remember 10, it said uh, yeah, the X meant the X. it should take 10 days. Yeah. So Roland returned home Sunday feeling completely normal, returning to his usual life. Um, like nothing happened. Yep. But wait, there's more. Tune in next week for the rest. Oh my gosh. I want to know what happened right now. Oh. You find out next week. Okay. Wow. That was heavy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry it took so long. No, that was great. <laughs> It wasn't that long. Eh, it's not too bad. Okay. Eh. Mine's not that long. Okay. So um, let's lighten the mood by talking about murder. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not that bad. I promise. Um, actually, I hate when I start feeling bad for the murderer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. You feel, like, guilty by guilty yeah. about feeling bad about a terrible person yeah but sometimes they're really brought up awful i think that this one she it wasn't just her so i think that's why i feel bad but bear with me because i did this story a while ago and so anyways so when he was born to a reverend h.j mckinnell he was a Methodist minister and his wife, Carrie, uh, in Oxford, Indiana. She had a pretty normal upbringing, you know, as one can have a normal in a Methodist church to a Methodist family. Uh, it, I'm not sure if it was between she was 17 or 18, but she at 17 or 18, she married Dr. William Judd, who was more than 20 years older than her. So, wow. Robin the Cradle there. Yep. Uh, they quickly got married. How old was she? She was either 17 or 19. Okay. So. Still. Yeah. Um, they quickly got married and took off to, and this was like in the early, or late 1920s. Okay. Okay. Um, that was more of a thing then too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they quickly, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many times are I going to say yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my sister and I, while we were on vacation, every time we would say, yeah, we said it like the girls on the bachelorette, we would go, yeah, <laughs> or yeah, yeah, <laughs> like so quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like close your mouth. Right after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So, uh, they yeah. quickly got, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they quickly got married and moved to Mexico. Um, cool. As one does. So uh, he, her husband, William Judd, was a morphine addict. As Be one is. Yeah. He had a lot of injuries from World War One. 
So yep. he's so he was addicted to morphine, so he could barely hold down Completely a Completely normal for that time. Yeah. But because of it, he really couldn't hold down a job. He was moving around from job to job, so they moved around a lot. They moved back from Mexico, um, and that's when they started moving around a whole lot because uh, they needed a steady income and whatnot. So anyways, they couldn't really have a steady income because he kept moving from job to job. Uh, so because of that, and Ruth had a lot of health problems, she uh, had tuberculosis, tuberculosis, yeah, tuberculosis uh, at one point, and so she couldn't bear children. So they, because of his morphine problem and because she could not bear children, their relationship was very unsteady. Oh, they I'm were sure. very rocky, always fighting. So they invent she eventually uh, moved away from him in the 1930s. Uh, they lived separately. They were still married, considered considered married, but they stayed in contact. They were like really good friends. So she after that she eventually moved to Phoenix, where she was a governess to a wealthy family, and that's basically just like a um a nanny. No, a homeschool teacher. Oh, okay. Okay. To the children. A governess. Yeah. So while she was working there, she met a man named John J. Halloran. Halloran. John J. Halloran. Hey, we both have Hollerans in our story. Oh, that's weird. Father Halloran. I wonder if they're the same ones. (laughs) Was he also known as Happy Jack? Nope. He was just Father Halloran. Okay. Well, this guy <laughs> and name. his time was in 1949. Well, you know, 1930s. So it's the same. <laughs> it's maybe, about the same time. Maybe this was Happy Jack first, and then he became a father. Maybe a <gasps> father, <laughs> a priest, a priest. <laughs> Whatever. He had babies. He had babies. That's not what priests do. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Have, okay. No. Um. So, uh, he was also known as Happy Jack. Happy Jack was married. Uh, but he was very active in the city's political and social circles, and he was an, a businessman and a player. Like he play, sl- play. He slept around. Uh, she started working at the Grono Medical Clinic in Phoenix w- as a receptionist. And that's where she met and became friends with Agnes and Lorori. And an x-ray tech, Helvig Samuelson. And they both moved uh, from Alaska, actually, down to Arizona after they had tuberculosis. Wow. What was in Alaska then? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Russia. Russia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they were actually friends with Happy Jack as well. So they all kind of like were a little group of friends. Um, and Agnes and Agnes and Helvig were roommates and Ruth wanted to move in with them. So she's 26 years old at this time. So she moves in and after a couple months, like they just kept fighting constantly as roommates. And so she's like, this isn't working out. And so she moves away back into her own place on October 16th, 1931, Helvig and Agnes were murdered. Oh, oh. 
Yep. So we just like that jump was, right into wow. it. Yeah. All right. So Ruth shot them. This is what happened. So Ruth shot them with a twenty-five caliber handgun in a bung- in the bungalow in uh, Phoenix uh, on two twenty-nine twenty-nine North Second Street. Okay. Ruth dismembered Helvig's body. She put her head, torso, and lower legs into a black shipping trunk and the upper body and extremities in a beige valise and a hat bag. Box. Hat box. Well, you know, at least she did it fancy. Like, you know, it's, you got to put the head in the box. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the poor person who had to open this. <laughs> so, uh, LaRory's body was still intact and she put it in a second black shipping trunk so she did not dismember that body too much work probably you know after doing the first probably body, like man i'm done this is exhausting <laughs> i'm doing this as a steak knife yeah. <laughs> so on october 18th she boarded uh the overnight golden state limited passenger train from arizona to la and she took the trunks with her which i don't know why you would do that but she leave them i know you would think, but so the tr- she brought the trunks onto the train, and the pat the train people that worked on the train they're like, this is suspicious because the smell first off. Oh and yeah, then, I bet, and especially in the heat. In the heat, and the, like there was liquid dripping from yeah, the boxes. Bit, yeah, really. so they actually thought it was a game. Uh, yeah, like hunting. Yeah. Uh, what did I call it? Oh, deer meat. They thought it was deer meat co- contraband because it was an issue back then from like deer meat or any game crossing borders. Oh. So they're like, uh, we need to. <laughs> they're like, we need to uh, investigate this. And she's like, well, I don't have the keys. Oh, how convenient. Yeah. And they're like, no okay. problem. We'll just uh, shimmy it open. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, we have to, like, this could be contraband. You're not allowed to have this in California. You cannot take it with you. And she's like, okay. So she just leaves. Just leave it. It's she, fine. She just left. And so they held on to the, the luggage until the L.A. police showed up. And she actually took off she disappeared her brother ended up picking her up and the police broke up in the trunks and obviously discovered the bodies so good on her. surprise surprise here's a dead body there's gross stuff in here so she her brother picked her up like i said and she actually hid out for a couple days and eventually turned herself in at a funeral home on october 23rd 1931 which, I don't know why a funeral home. Yeah, it's random. I, maybe she saw some cops there or something. Maybe, but she ended up, maybe that's where the bodies went? I don't know. I have no idea. But that's where she, she turned herself into. Um, the press started calling her Tiger Woman, Blonde Butcher, and the Trunk Murderess. Um, I don't know. They came up with such good names back then. I know. Now they're just, nope, it's just the it's names. Florida Man. Yeah. 
<laughs> Salt man. <laughs> um, so she was trialed for only one of her friends, Lorori. I'm not sure why, but it was just one friend, and that was the one that was not dismembered. Okay. Um, Maybe they couldn't identify the other one. I don't know. You would, even if you can't identify, I don't know. I'm. If you know, let me know, people, but I don't know why she did. Uh, the state argued that it was premeditated, you know, because of the fight and everything like that. Um, and her defense attorney argued that she was insane. So she was eventually found guilty on first degree murder on February 8th and was sentenced to hang on February 17th, 1933. Dang, hang? Yep. Uh, but it's not over yet. Uh, she was sent to the Arizona State Prison in Florence, Arizona, and her death was eventually overturned after a 10-day-long hearing that found her mentally incompetent. Uh, the state, uh, Arizona State Asylum is where she was sent to for the insane on April 24th, 1933. So she was hanging out at a state asylum. Just and, hanging around there? Yep, just hanging out there. Jake, uh, Jake, Jack Holloran, her buddy, Happy Jack, was indicted in front of a grand jury as an accomplice in December of 1932. So, um, during the trial, she's like, hey, there's, like, another person involved. And so, during the preliminary hearing on Jack, Ruth was a star witness her testimony lasted almost three oh days. My, oh, my gosh. Three days Jeez. for her testimony against him. Basically, she was t he, uh, basically just telling her emotional story. And at one point, she said, I'm going to be hanged for something Jack Holleran is responsible for. I was convicted for murder, but I shot in self-defense. Jack removed every bit of evidence. He is responsible for me going through all of this. There is hair in the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leon. Oh, I didn't want to chew on the ice. <laughs> he is responsible for me going through all of this. He is guilty of anything I am guilty of. So this is what Ruth said. Winnie Ruth Judd said that happened. What happened? Um, she said that she went to the apartment to play bridge with her friends. <laughs> what? As ones do back then. <laughs> um, another woman was there and she was like on her way out. And when she was walking in and there was an argument about Winnie's introduction of Holleran to another woman. So Winnie was upset of how. Happy Jack introduced Win uh, Winnie to that fourth woman. Okay. So they were ups she was upset about that. And that's when she killed LaRory and Samuel Samuelson in self-defense after they physically attacked her. Okay. So they attacked her because she was upset of how she was introduced. Not sure why. I'm assuming there was alcohol involved or some Probably. sort of thing. Because I don't know why you would attack someone for that. But that was what her story was. Shortly after that, her and Jack re-met up and he, they went back to the apartment. 
And he went out to the garage and came back with a heavy, a great heavy trunk and told her not to tell anyone. So he, he went inside, put everything in, a, in the trunks, right. the bodies, and then brought it back out and said, don't tell anyone. So uh, she did admit to repacking Samuelson's dismembered body in a trunk and luggage two days after the murder. So she, I don't know why she chose to dismember the body, but she did. I'm thinking that, oh, sorry, I do know why. She, the smell started to get so uh, overwhelming. So she repackaged it into the different boxes to To try to like take out some of the smell. Correct. Yeah. Refresh it. Yeah, refresh it. (laughs) So, and she didn't like how it fit in the box. I mean, it's probably all swelled up. Ew. Uh, I know. So Jack didn't actually testify during the trial. What? I don't know. His attorney did the court. His, sorry. His his attorney told the court that Judd's Winnie's story was nothing more than an insane person. He was wealthy, right? Yes. Ah. Yeah. He was well known in yeah. the political circles, right. the social circles, and everything like that. So... Uh, because Jack didn't actually do anything, mm. he didn't kill anyone, uh, they asked the court to drop the charges against him, and that's exactly what they did, January of 1933. They dropped the charges Wow. You lucky son of a gun. I know. So, Ruth is in the Phoenix Asylum, and she actually was able to escape six times. What? She escaped six times times <laughs> the one of the times Her place is not guarded well <laughs> one of the times she left she literally just like walked out <laughs> and she ended up walking to yuma arizona along the railroad tracks and i looked it up and it's 185 miles oh away from gosh. the asylum <laughs> oh my gosh uh, so for the final time she, the final time she escaped uh, was on October 8th, 1963. She made friends with someone that worked there that had a key to the front door. And they gave it to her and she used that key. And she ended up uh, going to San Francisco Bay where she became a live-in maid for a wealthy family living in a mansion overlooking the bay. And she went by the name of Marion Lane. Her freedom only lasted six and a half years. What? Yep. Her identity in California was eventually discovered, and she was taken back to Arizona on August 8th, 1969. Oh, my gosh. This poor woman cannot get away from these murders. She's stretching out her... See? Like, that's why I said, like, I kind of feel bad for her, but... but... At the same time. <laughs> I would... Yeah. I, I mean, get, you yeah. shouldn't kill your friends. No, but but at the same time, it's, <laughs> it's she, like, she shouldn't be the only one who's getting punished. Exactly. And... Yeah. So Winnie hired a famous uh, San Francisco defense attorney, Melvin Belly, and their Belly. But there was another defense attorney that they hired on as well. But that person ended up um, saying a lot of things to the press that they weren't supposed to, so they got fired. And Winnie was paroled and released on December 22nd, 1971, after two years of just going into trial and, you know, all the wrangling of legal stuff. Right. Going in and out of court. So 
she was finally paroled and released. They're like, fine, you know what? You've been out on your own for six yeah, right? and a half years. You haven't you, killed anyone. You seem fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Winnie moved to Stockton, California, which is the armpit of California, I swear, <laughs> in 1983. And the state of Arizona issued her an absolute discharge, meaning she was no longer under parole or anything like that. And she died... October 23rd, 1998, at the age of 93. Oh, my gosh. 67 years to the day from her surrender to the L.A. police oh in 1931. Oh, my that's wild. Yep. So that's Winnie Ruth Judd. Wow. I don't <laughs> hate her. I don't hate her. That's the first person that you talked about that's murdered people that I don't hate. Like, you did a bad thing, but at you the same time, your like. Friends. Yeah. I mean, and, like, she was introduced wrong, so, I mean. (laughs) I mean, same. If someone. Brood. (laughs) I feel like there was a lot more to the story that was not reported. Something fishy went on in that that room. Definitely. And she was really upset about something. I think, I mean. Especially with him involved. Exactly. I think that he just used his power. Maybe he came on to the girl, to the other women or something. Or Well, so rumor has it was that he was like sleeping with everyone. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's a player. So. Yeah, I don't know. There was definitely more to that story. But, and she, I mean, at least she didn't, I don't, I mean, at least she didn't have to go to jail for very long, but. I know that in the insane asylums, they don't treat you very Especially well. Especially back then. Yeah. So, I don't know what's worse, but... Ugh. That was a good one. I know. I like <laughs> I just like that she hey, kept it's escaping. it's International Women's Day. It's International Women's Day. Your story was about a woman. It was. Mine was not. That's okay. That's Maybe okay. the devil's a woman. Uh, my arm is dead. My husband thinks so. It's me. It's me. It's me. Aww. Do you want to finish this off by telling us a neighborhood story? Heck, yes, I do. Leon, dude, I'm going to keep you in a bedroom or something. This is ridiculous. Is this all one? Yeah. Okay. Not up here? No. Okay. Okay. So, next door up, as always. Because no one likes to send us neighborhood stories. Yeah, what the heck, you guys? Because nobody, nobody who listens to us has neighborhood drama, apparently. So you I know. mean, good for you guys. Or even good neighbor things. Like yeah. Amy posted today about a moose that was hanging yeah, out in her driveway. wanted to see what was, what's with, with the, the neighbors. neighbors. Yep. My kid couldn't come home from school, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. He could just hang out there for a she while. She just went to the other neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm glad that she knew what to yeah. do. She's like, back to someone else's house. Bye. <laughs> But let me tell you, she had called me before that, and she's like, can I play over at Cadence's house? And I was like, no, you need to clean your room and do homework. And she was all upset. And then she She was like, yes, there's a moose there. (laughs) So she probably was like, shoot, moose, go into my yard so I can go play. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Uh, every time. Genius. Every time she gets her way, (laughs) and it's not my fault. Darn moose. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. You're good. Okay. Okay. So a guy drove by and grabbed my packages. This happened in 2015. And I did create a video and put on YouTube. 
now that I'm on next door, I would like to share this. <laughs> In 2015. Seven years ago. We're just. We... He wants his packages. You guys give the guy his package. Clearly he had something really important in there. He did not find any. He had no leads. We're going to investigate YouTube. who stole my packages seven years ago. We'll, <laughs> we'll find the solution for you. It is 2022 now. What do they say? TikTok, do your magic. Right? Yep. There you go. Come on, podcasters. Do your magic. Yeah. Podcasters. Yeah. Whoever you are. Whoever you Can are. Can we start off? Yeah. Okay. So we are going to get, it is that time of the day. Yep. So. And you know, to listen to us, you can find us on all of your listening platforms. Uh, give us a review and a rating on iTunes and Spotify. We really appreciate it. And we it helps us a, out. We have a start five star on Spotify. Oh, we do? Yay. Yay. Uh, also, follow us and like us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and just look up at WWTN Podcast. We also have a Facebook group, um, and that's uh, What's With a Neighbor's uh, yeah. podcast. Or at, at WWTN. You can find it from our yep. Facebook page. page. Uh, we're really busy on there. We like to interact with everybody, play games. Yeah post funny things you can post things if we you go want live. if yeah we go live if you see something crazy that happens in your neighborhood post it or yeah. you know send us a you story find an article yeah post it, send whatever. it we like to hear that stuff send it and and we also have a website did you already say that nope our website is what's with the neighbors.com and on there you can find the links of everything we just talked about along with a link to um which we're wearing right now Hey guys, we got merch. And <laughs> also a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash WWTN podcast. Shout out to Dusty. Thank you, Dusty. And if you want to be on the donor bus, $3 a month will get you exclusive content. And for $5 a month, you get exclusive content and our unedited episodes. Yeah, you're. And feel free to dive. Just dive. Yeah, you can dive, dive in. Dive on in into our DMs. Dive on in there. Yeah, with any questions, comments, stories, suggestions, and your own personal paranormal or true crime stories. And true crime does not need to be murder. It can be about your boss embezzling thousands of dollars. I want to hear about it. And paranormal doesn't have to just be ghosts. Yeah. It can be a demon. Aliens. Or an alien. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of that. Yep. Anything. Uh, Sasquatch. Did you? You saw Sasquatch? I want to hear about it. <laughs> So we strive once a month to have listener story episodes. So please send those in. And our email is uh, our email is wwtnpodcast at gmail.com. And have you checked out the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bring Amy out. out. Oh, that one sucked. Oh, what the heck, dude? It's the chairs. It's the, it is the chairs. One more. One more. Okay. Oh, that was a good one. Better. Yeah. Um, What's with the neighbors? Ugh. Tell your cat I said hi. <laughs> <laughs>